Welcome to the Bible Studies for Life adult podcast hosted each week by myself, Lynn Pryor, and Chris Johnson. And let me just bring you up to speed because in our last podcast, we talked about the critical importance of forgiveness. Our relationships can only move forward as we forgive others. But this week, I want us to focus on another aspect of forgiveness. It's our need for us to embrace forgiveness. And specifically, we're going to talk about embracing God's forgiveness. So, Chris, uh, I'm glad you're joining me for this podcast. Hey, man, great to be here with you. It's been fun looking at the life of Joseph. Today, we have Darren Clark with us. So we, we talked about um, bitterness, and today we're going to talk about grudges. And Darren is one of these people that is bitter and holds grudges because he's, he's, a, he's a Buffalo Bills fan. <laughs> I knew that was where I was going. I knew it. <laughs> Darren, great to have you with us. Darren is a graphic designer for BSFL. He gives oversight and guidance. And we love having you on our podcast. And so you get to say whatever you need to say now about your bills. And then we'll move forward. <laughs> well, lots of joy this season. Not so much bitterness. <laughs> We're really excited. Finally, <laughs> the team's turning around. We're liking it. it. Could be exciting. Could be yes. exciting. Okay, so to bring this back to Bible studies for life, uh, Darren does oversee all our graphic work, the design of all our Bible studies for life resources. But if you use the young adult resources, the photos, the imagery, how that's laid out, Darren is uh, he directly works on that one. And uh, if you use one of the uh, use our leader pack, uh, Darren also oversees and uh, creates those for us as well. Uh, Darren always does commendable work, as we've told you, our listeners before. So, Darren, thanks for being with us for this. Check us in the mail, Lynn. Thanks. Hey, it's always great. It's always great to have Darren because uh, he, he he teaches. And and so it's not just that he looks at the content, knows the content and put this put together, but um, he is a teacher. So he thinks like uh, a leader uh, when he comes to the table with us. And so we're delighted to have you, uh, Darren. So we are closing our study on uh, how to avoid life's pitfalls. We've looked, we're looking at the life of Joseph, um, Lynn mentioned um, uh, in last week's session that uh, we, we, see, we see Joseph uh, engaging with his brothers who were the ones who sold him into slavery and um, left him for dead essentially. And uh, he reveals himself to them as the ruler of Egypt he says, come, come, come to Egypt. Let me take care of you. The famine's just started. Let me take care of you. And his brothers are terrified, <laughs> understandably. Uh, <laughs> but they, in between uh, last week's session and this session, uh, they return to uh, their homeland. They collect their father and, uh, and siblings and families, bring them all to Egypt. Uh, they are living in a place where there is fertile uh, pasture land for uh, for sheep as shepherds. And um, then Jacob dies, their father. And there's all of the blessing stuff that's a part of that. It's fascinating read. And so yeah. that leads us to today. Yeah, so that that is when we get to Genesis 50. Uh, actually, where we left off last year uh, week, you know, some some years have passed, as Chris has said. Joseph has died, and Jacob has died. I knew that Jacob okay. has died. I, <laughs> Wise counsel. When we come now to Genesis 15, verse 15, uh, 
we're going to see something interesting with Joseph's brothers. And let me, let me just read this passage. And then Darren, Chris, I'm going to turn it back to you guys. When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said to one another, Hmm, if Joseph is holding a grudge against us, he will certainly repay us for all the suffering we caused him. So they sent this message to Joseph before he died. Your father gave a command. Say this to Joseph, please forgive your brothers transgression and their sin, the suffering they caused you. Therefore, please forgive the transgressions of the servants of the God of your father. <laughs> and when Joseph heard that, it says Joseph wept. When their message came to him, his brothers also came to him, bowed down before him and said, we are your slaves. Because <laughs> let me, let me just, let me just leave this with a question here. Uh, why was Joseph weeping at this point? What do you, what do you think? Well, I think it's a couple of things. I think that uh, he's probably still in a season of grief with the loss of his father. Um, and, and I think that, it wouldn't be surprising if that's just close to his heart and tender. Um, he probably, uh, I think we'll see clearly, he, he settled some of these things. And I think that uh, his brothers coming back and talking about these events from the past were probably sad for him, not in the same way as someone who is bitter or who holds a grudge, uh, where it causes him to experience the pain again. Uh, but it, you know, it is a reminder when we go through painful experiences in our lives, we, we remember and, and, and things come up and, um, I don't, I don't think I'm overly surprised because we have seen emotion in Joseph's life before that there is an, a, a, an emotional response, uh, to his brother's pleas that, but I'm just one guy. What about, what, what do you think, Darren? I don't, the, the phrase that comes to mind when we're, we're looking at this is, and I, again, trying to <laughs> speculate, I guess, to what he was thinking, why he responded this way is like, is don't, don't you get it? It's like, I kind of just picture him looking at, you know, the brothers in this, in, in the situation. And he's like, he's like, man, I brought you in, you know, I, I we moved you here. We, you know, he, he shared in the blessings that he had received from God, um, you know, provided for the family and did all this stuff and just lavished his love. Right. And showed his love um, to the brothers and the father, the family. And it's like, and then here, this happened is like, it's like, it's almost like this the deep emotional response of like, guys, don't you get it? Don't you, you know, like, look at what I've done for you. And yet here you are and you're doing this, you turn around. And it's like, I kind of just feel like he, he, like his heart was broken. It's like, you know, and it's like, um, just trying to express in, in so many ways, not only just physical, physical provisions, but like, who knows? I mean, there's obviously so much life there. How long were they in, um, were they in the land with them? 20 years, was it? Um, I think so. They brought him back. It's like all this time, you know, like I'm sure there's all these other things that happened in that time that like that Joseph was just like being so generous and kind and loving. And then all of a sudden it's like, what? It's like just he probably was like head spinning and like, where's this coming from? You know? So yeah. this, would, this would be a good ESPN, uh, Randy Moss. Come on, man. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. All right. But then to use that, God could do that with us too. Because the, the issue with these guys was Joseph had forgiven them, but they had not fully appreciated or embraced that forgiveness. And we do that with God, too, mm -hmm. that 
to realize we struggle sometimes with fully appreciating the fact God has forgiven me of that. And I can think of in my own life, just times when you want to have soft forgiveness and I know it's there yet other times in my life, I go back and, and I'm reminded of my sin and what I did. And mm. that little hint of, well, this is still hanging over me. No, it's done. It's done. And uh, it's released. Uh, I think we have trouble embracing God's forgiveness. I think that's accurate. I think that it's kind of like David said in uh, Psalm 51, my, my sin is ever before me. And uh, even though we receive God's forgiveness, we, we live with the consequences of our sins. We, we remember it comes back to us. And um, I think that uh, in this instance, I think you're, uh, I think there's a lot of credence to what you said, Lynn, that uh, in the same way, the brothers weren't sure or felt like they needed to talk about it again. We do the same thing to God. And it's clear that he has forgiven us and it's, it's for all of our sins. And um, so um the, the whole human element of this story comes back into play. We, we've talked about the brothers and the dysfunction from the, in the beginning and uh, referenced it last week. So, and so it, it, it's not a surprise that it comes back. So we are, we are all brothers. We have siblings. Uh, we have children who ha- have siblings. So we, we see, we see in our own families uh, how, people react and sometimes grudges set up and we have to work hard to get past those things or have to help our children understand, let's get it, let's move on. Um, and we, we've lived life long enough that we've seen others struggle with grudges as well. And, you know, I, I, I as you say that, Chris, I think of one of my sons, uh, I mean, both my sons have done boneheaded things, uh, which is proof they're my son. Uh, but one, we'll talk about something. He'll bring something up from years ago that he did maybe as a teenager, a young adult that was just, he shouldn't have done it. Uh, and I forgave him for it. And in fact, it's one of those things I didn't even think, I, I kind of forgot about it. He would bring it up. And I realized it's kind of like this same situation here. I, I would tell him, you know, that's in the past. I don't, I don't hold anything against you on that. But there is that human part of us that tends to want to hold on to. Uh, Maybe it's we have a hard time forgiving ourselves. And and the other part of that is what they did to their brother was awful. Yeah, it it was it was more than bonehead. (laughs) (laughs) Well, one of the things that I thought really, again, before we move on from this passage was at the end of the the passage was, you know, when the, the brothers, you know, they're, they're bowed down before him and said, we are your slaves. I mean, the thing that stood out to me is like, you know, again, trying to, you know, connect this to us and just how God, you know, works with us. Um, it's, I think when they realize it, it's this genuine moment of, of sorrow and repentance to where it's like, they understand the judgment that's, that could come. Right. And that the verse, um, in Hebrews 10 31, that says it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Um, you know, it's like, I think they realize that it's like when, you know, the law, right. They're, they're concerned about the judgment that he could exercise on them when the law convicts them. And like when Romans, when it talks about like the law is perfect for convicting the heart, um, these guys are having a genuine moment to where it's like, I feel like, you know, this is like that genuine moment of repentance to where they're going to, they, they, and they fall to their knees and they, and they, you know, they are, you know, godly sorrow is working out in their heart, um, 
to where that's when they can really really turn things around again they've had 20 years of being in under you know the blessings of you know uh, joseph's oversight and all that kind of stuff and um but like this is that moment to where it, it, like they're broken they realize they're guilty they're guilty before the judge right um and so that's like for us it's like when we understand that we are guilty of sin um and we had and we just have to throw ourselves on the mercy of of the judge um that's what they're doing in this moment and it's like and that's that's the moment right there to me that's powerful so you get the sense that they they think to themselves uh our advocate our hope was we had this buffer we had our father who who would look out for us and keep this kind of judgment from heaven and then now he's gone it's like oh no what happens now <laughs> yeah <laughs> so what i like about what joseph does here as he as he weeps over this and uh he, he says, you know, he's forgiven them. He's, but what he does is he refocuses on where God is at work in this. Uh, now, I mentioned in the previous session, there was a key passage in Genesis 45, which I thought was central. It's my favorite part of the whole Joseph story. This is the second one. When you come to Genesis 50, verse 19. Uh, in fact, this is the verse most people think of when they think about the, the uh, life of Joseph. It's where Joseph said to them, don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? You planned evil against me. God planned it for good to bring about the present result, the survival of many people. And there you have Joseph kind of refocusing everything on how God is, has been at work. So we, one of the things we've worked really hard at in telling the story is not to jump to the end of the story too quickly because there's things to learn and discover as we go along. A person like Joseph and in our lives, we t- we need to understand that we don't come to these uh, places where we see things this way often in life until it's in the past and we're looking back where it's kind of looking in the rearview mirror and we have an aha moment and see, oh, oh, oh. And it, I think that's why it's important we don't just jump to this to this end result, um, because I, th- I think we need to recognize that those kind of things aren't always obvious. It sometimes takes years before we see the big picture. Um, Joseph obviously got it. He, for him to articulate this amazing thing, uh, took his brothers a little longer, uh, just based on what uh, the context of the passage. Let me take us to the, uh, the last verse of this of, of our, that we are studying here in the life of Joseph. This is verse 21, and uh, where Joseph's words again, therefore, don't be afraid. He's talking to his brothers. I will take care of you and your children. And he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. Again, you, you, I, with this, you see more than just Joseph's just not uttering words. You really see his heart for his brothers. And that's a great ending uh, to to know that he shows compassion and mercy and that it's obviously uh, a, a just a part of who he is. He's 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 arrived at that point where he can comfort the ones um, who are anxious uh, when when it could be different. And uh, it's just a powerful story. 
Yeah. I mean, it's like, and we're talking about conclusion here, the thought of like, again, how this relates to like our salvation and our relationship with God. Um, you know, again, this is, this is like how God speaks to us and that, you know, he will take care of us. Um, it reminds me of Psalm 91. It's like, you know, for those who love me, I will, I will do these things. And there's this whole list of things in Psalm 91. That's so cool. And like how, um, you know, just list all these promises from God of what he'll do for those who love him. And, um, and I think that's the key thing, it especially been standing out to me lately. And just my scripture reading is this, how, you know, if we remain in him, he will remain in us and, um, we obey his commands, you know, and, you know, by, and we show his, our love for him by doing that. That's how we go forward. You know, it's like, he will take care of us, but we, but there is, you know, again, it's just not like us sitting back and God providing all the stuff to us, you know, take care of us. It's like, we also have a responsibility to obey his commands to show and prove our love for him um, as we go forward and remain in him. And then if in those, in that remaining is the best thing we could ever experience on this side of heaven. Right. You know, and it's exactly. even, even when Joseph talks about like, or like what Lynn, you said earlier about God intended to use the pain of Joseph's past for much higher purpose in the future. It's like, even though, like, even when Jesus says, we, you know, we will have suffering in our life as a Christ follower um, because of Christ, because of like the light, that light and how the, the darkness rejects that light, you know, we'll have, but it's like, and again, remember again, moving forward, it's like, it's healed. God will take care of us, you know, and it's, and it's not, you know, cotton candy, you know, promises. It's like, we will have suffering. Like Jesus said, you will have suffering, but you know, take heart. Like, there's a greater purpose in it, you know? And that's like, so as we go forward, God will take care of us. We will have suffering, but God, we are, you know, when, again, in Psalm 91, when, when God talks about like, you know, sheltering us with his wings and his feathers. And, and it's like to know that we're in that protection, that, that taking care of, you know, so to speak from God, it's like, that's, you know, that's the most powerful and beautiful place to be. The psalmist could have just as easily said, just as Joseph took care of his brothers and brought them. Yeah, his it's, exactly. It really is really yeah. is true. <laughs> so we have some great questions that connect the dots and help our, our, uh, the folks in our groups to think about this from their perspective. Um, one of those questions is when have you seen God bring good out of a bad situation? Another one is uh, what helps you trust God when it isn't obvious that he's at work. And that, that's Joseph's story. It wasn't always clear. And then, then he revealed himself. So um, uh, what helps us identify God's hand in difficult times in our lives? So, the the whole story and the conclusion of the Joseph story really gives us permission to ask some of these qu hard questions about life and the difficulties of it. Gosh, right. isn't hey, I was going to say this? Isn't James one two through four so perfect for for his life in the sense of like consider it pure joy when you face. Uh, many trials of different kinds. I mean, that's, I mean, that's what he did. Right. You know, I mean, we don't sure know. I mean, did. I would hope they, you know, we assume that maybe he had some joy, but he probably had some suffering. Like why am I in jail? You know, like, but consider, but looking back, it's like, consider up your joy as we move forward, you know, keep Jane's, you know, one, two, three, four in mind as we, you know, deal with the things that God gives us to, you know, glorify him. I love the story of Joseph Lynn. Thanks for, for leading us in this study, it's a strong, strong reminder that God's at work, even when we can't see it, we need to trust his grace. Uh, that, that verse that you referenced, uh, uh, verse 20, uh, you planned evil, but God 
used this to bring about this present result, the survival of people, and then his compassion, uh, which is just like God with us. And we're, we're just, it's, it's an awesome study and a great reminder of God's grace and goodness and how we are to uh, be recipients of it and to share it as well. And I think you will all have a good uh, session as you kind of wrap this up. But what's burning in everybody's minds, well, now that we're wrapping up the life of Joseph, what are we going to do next? Well, starting. (laughs) (laughs) He's a master, isn't he? He really is. (laughs) But starting next week, we're going to be in a new study, a six-week study called Living Life Connected to Christ. And what we're going to be doing for six weeks is we're going to be looking at what uh, we often call Jesus's uh, last discourse, uh, that, that time in the upper room. Uh, it's it's in John 13 through John 17. Uh, we're just going to stay in, in that section of scripture to see those words that Jesus spoke to his, uh, that, that inner circle. Uh, gr- great study, I think, that you're going to have. So let me encourage you to, to uh, invite others to be a part of this study. Anytime we start a new study, it's a great time to invite people and encourage them to be involved. We do provide, uh, it's, it's free, it's just an easy download. We have a promotional video you can use to show people. Uh, you, I mean, you could, you could show it at church. Uh, if you have a display in your, your group room, you could also put it on your Facebook page, uh, send it in an email, anything you can do. Use this promotional video just to encourage people to come. So what I want to do is I'm going to take a moment and I'm going to just play the video for you. Now, obviously, we're in a podcast, so don't be trying to watch a video that's not there. Uh, but <laughs> you will be able to hear the audio and get a kind of feel for how this, uh, audio, this uh, promotional video works. When children are ready to leave home, parents will take advantage of the time left to offer last-minute advice. A child can experience 18 years of nurture and instruction, but a parent will still want to tell them or remind them those things they think are especially important to remember. On the night before his arrest and crucifixion, Jesus gave his disciples some last-minute teachings, things important for them to know. Life would be different for the disciples after Jesus' resurrection ascension, and even though Jesus would not be physically present with them, they could still live closely connected to Christ. This is true for us too. In Bible Studies for Life, we're going to take a look at what Jesus said on the last night before his arrest, We'll discover that the same truths Jesus spoke to his disciples apply to us too. Our lives can be fruitful and abundant because we are connected to Christ. So that's the promotional video for uh, the next study called Living Life Connected to Christ. I hope you'll you'll uh, jump on that and I hope you'll join Chris and I uh, as we meet again next week. 